This is On the Block with Stricken Nate. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here at the Big 8 tournament champion. And hokey homer turned Husker, Nathan Brennan. Everyone knows that I'm the smartest person here. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Nate. Welcome back on the block. It's East Strick and my partner today, not Nate Brennan. Nate Brennan had disappeared because Virginia Tech, Tech <laughs> took an L last night. So he was feeling sorrowful and wasn't feeling very well and got sick to his stomach. <laughs> no, we're just kidding. Uh, Nate had to go and handle some things for the big game tomorrow. Illinois, the Illini coming in town to face the Huskers. And so my partner in crime, the one who got it all started right here, Jake Bakovin has joined me once again. Yes. My Batman to Robin. I think I'm Robin. I think you're Robin. <laughs> but, hey, listen, great talk today. Uh, a lot of stuff has been happening. We talked about uh, Husker volleyball. We talked about Husker football. We talked about a um, little bit of Husker basketball. We, we kind of went all over the, the place a little bit. But we're going to talk a little bit now about the double conference, the dual conference, the basically – that's soaking up all the energy out there in the space, which is the Big Ten and the SEC. So we got we got some stuff we want to talk about in the SEC uh, right now. 402-464-5685 is a Sutter Heyman text line. You can always tap in with that number there, or you can call in on the Honda Lincoln hotline as well at the same number. But I want to throw this out, Bach, because the SEC right now is is part of, I think, where we're headed. I think we're really headed towards super conferences. I mm-hmm. I just don't know if the Big Big 12 can can hold on even with the additions that they're making. I think the Pac-12 is probably going to be first. Think about the Pac-12, right? They're on the West Coast. Uh, there's a lot of talk about what they call the San Andreas fault. It seems like to me the Pac-12 is probably going to drop into the Pacific Ocean. I just don't think that they're going to be able to hold on. I don't think their t- TV revenues, I don't think they can pay their co- their teams enough. I think they're going to all be looking for greater pastures and more financial compensation. Did you see there uh, the Pac-12 commissioner said uh, right now his uh, the, the Pac-12 gets more than doubled by the Big Ten's uh, media rights deal. Yeah. Uh, he told LA Times, eventually we'll catch those guys. Yeah, right. And when I heard that, I just thought of when Dan Gilbert told everyone Everybody that when LeBron left Cleveland that they were going to win a title before, before, <laughs> before he did. did. Yeah. And <laughs> it has not happened since. That sounds, yeah. like, uh, sounds like I can't quite believe you on that one. I don't know who yeah. the Pac-12 thinks they're going to get to match the brand There's wise. no one. There's no, There's one, out no there. one out there, especially when you lose your biggest L.A. market brands yeah. in UCLA and USC to the Big Ten. That is just a setup for a travesty, I think, all across the board. I still think there's another, there's a few ACC teams that are going to drop. They're either going to drop into the SEC or to the uh, the Big Ten. Yeah. I still think that's going to happen. Um, keep your eye on Clemson. Keep your eye on Miami. Keep your eye on those teams on that side. I just think these two super conferences are going to make their way and have it. So, with that being in mind, there's a lot of things going on on the hot seat right now. Um, we, we, we can't talk about the ACC right now. We're going to take about the SEC because I still think Florida, I think still think Norvell is, is in trouble. Um, keep your eye out for Jackson State uh, coach in Deion Sanders. 
uh, to possibly go back to an alma mater. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But keep your eye on it. SEC right now. I have a hot seat rainy ra- rankings. Hot seat rankings. There's a few. Mark. There's a few out there. And I think top of that list, I'm going to throw it out there and say Brian Harson at Auburn is oh, probably yeah. top of that list. Um, Sutter Hammond text line 402-464-5685. Do you think Brian Harson makes it through the end of the year or does he get X'd early? I'd like to know what you think about that as well. And also, who do you think is on the hot seat in the SEC or – in the Big Ten, throw it out there to me, 402-464-5685. want to know who is on your hot seat, Big Ten hot seat, or the rest of the SEC. Um, I think Brian, Brian Harson definitely is, is, is the lead position on the hot seat. Um, I think him being a second-year coach at Auburn, uh, the Battle of the Bamas, and you're 9-11 and 11 at the school, and I just don't think that they have – what it takes to get the job done. There's a lot of people that are speculating. The players are unhappy. Definitely the fans are unhappy. Uh, Brian Harson is not living up to what his expectation was, but I think he's probably the hottest thing on the hot seat right now. Yeah, and he was, if you remember, he had that kind of off-the-field issues this past offseason, mm-hmm. so he barely made it in the season to begin with. Um, of course, coming over to Auburn just in his second year, uh, kind of made his name at Boise State, did well there, but uh, it's just not translating to where, where they're at in Auburn now. And I will give them credit because when I see Auburn, I think of disaster, like a disaster. It's just not going well. Um, he hasn't seemingly lost the team or anything because they're still kind of playing competitive ball uh, every couple weeks. I mean, there's, I mean, they're obviously they're not – at a, at a place where they can uh, hang up, hang with it best in the SEC, but they're they're doing pretty well for what they have. But four and three right now, um, hung, almost you know had the lead on Mississippi State, let that one go, uh, very close to a victory, only lost by uh, four to LSU, who's now ranked, um, but obviously had the embarrassment earlier in the year against Penn State, barely edging out Missouri, um, and now this week they have they have Arkansas there, and if if they lose to Arkansas, you drop to one and four in the SEC, and just from the outside we've seen the Auburn brand it's not as consistent probably maybe not kind of the LSU brand or the Alabama brand obviously um but it's that's a football that's a football school yeah. and, and you just think that football is better when Auburn's involved the you know the Iron Bowl and all that I I just don't think he's gonna make it through I don't I, I was surprised he even made it into the season uh now to make it through I think Auburn's gonna be a job that's open which by the way you kind of got to start thinking about if you're Nebraska, because when Nebraska entered the discussion, they, of course, got fired Scott Frost before anybody else fired their coach. And it seems like Nebraska is still kind of that big brand out there, as we're going to discuss with the SEC, might be more than just Auburn. Those jobs might be a little bit more enticing than Nebraska. So if you're thinking you want to get the best name out there, um, it might be more difficult, uh, perhaps the longer you wait. At the same time, yeah. we're getting text uh, right here, you know, on you know asking for uh, if if Mickey Joseph will be named after this game. This trial run is interesting because if uh, I mean, let's just throw out. Urban Meyer, for example, and I don't think Urban Meyer is necessarily going to come back to coaching after one year, but this is just an example. If he's the top name on the market, it might behoove Nebraska to strike while they're the top name on the market uh, <laughs> to try to get you know that that guy that's out there before some of these other names open up. This this kind of trial run for Mickey, um, you know, 
so it's just kind of interesting the way that it, kind of the timing plays out and all this stuff. Do you wait for the trial run and then by then are you still one of the top jobs out there or have you are you kind of in that second level um, if you wait to kind of get the trial run for Mickey? So it's just interesting that the way that Trev Alberts has done it, there's no really perfect way and you know a perfect world to get the perfect coach that you want to. Yeah. Um, but you know while we talk about this hot seat stuff, just kind of a reminder. It is does kind of affect Nebraska what these teams do. Absolutely, and uh, Thomas and Lincoln says that does this is a good quick question uh, because we're still talking SEC. Um, does Texas and Oklahoma take the bullet and pay the money to join the SEC next year? Since that, uh, since that four teams are going uh, to the Big Twelve next year. Yeah. I kind of hope not. I kind of want to see uh, that that year with Texas and Oklahoma in there, along with UCF and Houston and Cincinnati and those teams, BYU. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's open. I, I it's it's very awkward already. That will be a, another kind of especially awkward uh, scenario. Uh, and then the other thing is, it feels like you know. Texas and Oklahoma. We were saying this about Texas for the longest time. Now Oklahoma's kind of in a downturn. They're not going to be pounding their chest going into the SEC. No. They're going to be licking their chest. Limping in. Limping in. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be a wounded horse uh, going up in the SEC. So right I now. don't I, mean, I don't know how much that factors in, but it might factor in a little bit just to say, well, maybe we do need another year before you know we feel a little bit more comfortable jumping into the SEC. Yeah, I think Texas would like to probably shore up some things, being that they had a Quinn Ewers who was injured. Um, but see, here's going to be a controversy that's going to come with Texas. You, you're going to have Arch Manning coming in. What is that going to look like with Arch? He's enrolling early, too. You see what I'm saying? Expect, yeah. So that's going to be a little controversy that's going on down there. What's that going to look like? It's going to be interesting. So um, second on the uh, the hot seat list, and we spoke about them a little bit earlier because Auburn had a you know barely escaped the Missouri uh, in beating them, and uh, Eli Drinkwitz, yeah. he's also there. He's uh, Drinkwitz. It's lackluster. What's been going on there? Um, he's handed over the reins to uh, four-star freshman Sam Horn. Um, he's been trying to get it going, but here's the problem. I think too. I think Missouri fell into the same trap that Colorado did. I think. I think I think actually the Big Ten probably could have been a little bit more robust if Missouri. They, they, there's just no way to compete the with SEC. them in the SEC. I mean, I mean, they had runs, but I mean, they've been the bottom feeders of the group in all aspects for a while now. Even basketball is kind of falling off the map for them. And 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 how do you recover? I think Columbia is a good college town. I just think when you're looking at recruiting against that whole Southern sector to include Ole Miss and even Mississippi State, that whole Southern sector, I mean, you're going to win out a lot of the times on that on those recruiting battles. You know, Columbia is not a, a destination that most people are going to want to go to. Um, like I said, it's a great school, but I think same thing with Colorado. Great campus. Colorado campus yeah. in Boulder is phenomenal campus. But when you're <laughs> when you're talking about Arizona, you're talking about California, Northern California, so forth and up and down the the uh, the West Coast, it's tough. Yeah, well, at least for Missouri's sake, they jumped into a super conference. Colorado might be left out of the bubble, and unfortunately for those programs too. 
Um, and, you know, Nebraska is kind of a level above that. But uh, for a lot of programs that are kind of at the bottom of, of whatever it is, the SEC, the Big Ten, where it doesn't feel like there's a whole not a, a lot of upward mobility, um, you know, that's just expanding. That's just expanding. When, when Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC, there's two more teams that Missouri is not going to be able to compete with yeah. uh, in the recruiting footprint there. Same way for, you know, Indiana, whatever teams here in the Big Ten, when, when the USC and UCLA come in, it's yeah. just, you know, it, it, that's just kind of the, the grim reality of, of these super conferences. And we'll see how the conference schedules play out. Um, you know, I, I think it, I think any school really is a, a, co- a head coaching hire away from, from revamping their program. But then again, then you kind of think about sustainability. And that's what I'm kind of thinking about with Illinois. This, as, as, as Brett Bielema does so well at Illinois, there's going to be a lot, you know, there might be some big money offers from bigger schools. Yeah. He's already tried to do that with Arkansas. Maybe, the, you know, that kind of brushes him off. But for, for these schools and, and you know, again, for Missouri, they're getting SEC money. So as compared to Colorado or yeah. some of those Pac-12 schools, yeah. they might be all right. But just the fierce competition they have to play every other week, um, you know, and then, you know, for Eli Drinkwitz, I'm, I'm not sure. I know he's at the point where he's he's working under an athletic director that didn't hire him. That's never great news. Um, now there's reports that he's basically just I'll give up play calling duties uh, next yeah. season if they retain him. Um, that's not good either because that's kind of, you know, again, that's kind of the Scott Frost thing when you get hired for your play calling ability and then you have to you give that up late in your tenure because things aren't working. It's usually a precursor, so he may he might make it through the season, but uh, things just aren't don't seem like they're going to head in the right direction for Missouri there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got two more to get to. Uh, Sutter Heyman text line again four zero two four six four five six eight five. You can always uh, add your thoughts as well. We'd always love to hear from you. But um, I'm going to throw one more out before we get to the big fish in the pond. Uh, Mike Leach down there at Mississippi State is also uh, kind of not yet warm. Uh, the seat is kind of like uh, so. So think of it like this: it's a cold morning here in Nebraska. Um, you get into the car, so it's it's not it's not that brisk iced tea kind of cold. It's not that that uh, that brick type of cold where you just to the bone. It's that just you know that little chilly you know forty you know you can throw the 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 warmer on just at number one you know you have the three the three heat warmer on on the on the seat it's on that number yeah. one it's just enough to kind of get you a little warm just to start you off before you turn it off so I think that's where Mike Leach is he's basically led uh, MSU to seven victories last season they're now five and three they look to be going to another bowl game but also they've um, he's the third year coach there. They've lost back-to-back games. And uh, furthermore, I just don't know if it's enough. I I think SEC schools kind of look at it from a standpoint of, you know, seven wins isn't enough. I need mm-hmm. you. But but it's so tough. I mean, because you're looking up. You've got LSU. And now Ole Miss is kind of, you know, making tr- Tennessee's back. Then you've got, you know, Alabama. And then, you know, see, even teams like Florida, can they come out of it? I mean, I don't know. I, I Florida's just seemed to have been down for so long. And you would think that Florida would be a little bit better, especially in the SEC with the Florida recruitment that they're able to do. But now it's crazy because a lot of Florida schools – you know, uh, Central Florida's winning out on some of those battles, which is crazy. And, um, you know, Florida State and Florida, Miami are, 
in the doldrums. It's kind of crazy to me. But it, listen, Mike Leach. Yeah, I'm interested in that one. I, I like I said, I, like you said, I don't think it's it's too dire at this point. But um, I think you kind of know what you're getting when you hire the pirate, and and usually that's kind of seven or eight wins if you can get there. Exciting play, a lot of a lot of throwing the ball around the yard. Um, but is it going to translate to that special Michael Crabtree season that mm-hmm. he had at Texas Tech? That's the hope. Um, maybe in a few years. But you have to remember too. I think there's a guy out there. Uh, Dan Mullen, who had some success at Mississippi State, doesn't have a job right now. Obviously, didn't work things, didn't work out there at Florida. Um, I think that him just kind of being out there um, without a job is going to be tough for Mississippi State fans to look the other way if Mike Leach doesn't get to that 8-9 win category instead of the kind of 7 win categories probably. And I know that doesn't make doesn't feel like it's much of a difference, but like you said, in the SEC, that's how competitive it is. Yeah, that's how competitive it is. And and, and listen, the, the big fish in the pond that's getting warmer, but it's so hard because it's so <laughs> cold yeah. with how much this money is out there is Jimbo Fisher that is now 3-4. and four. But he has an $87.5 million buyout. Where does Texas A&M go from here? That is the difficult one. I mean, they've got to ask their donors if they can do it. And keep in mind, Texas A&M, $85 million would be by far the biggest buyout uh, in college football history. But... That is a place that that generates revenue. I mean, they're they're always I, I think number one, or right up there at number right up there in the top five. Um, so there's a reason they signed that big contract because they can afford it. The buyout, I I don't know. I think maybe if I'm Texas A&M, maybe it's worth another year of patience. I understand things are kind of the the problem is things are falling apart with the current team. Um, and if you lose the locker room, can you regain it? I don't know. He did have the number one recruiting class last year. Let four of them go, too. Yeah, I mean, that thing's kind of falling apart, too. But at the same time, it's the number one recruiting class. Yeah. So maybe mm-hmm. give it some time. I don't know. How I, much time do you have if you land that type of recruiting class? What I is the expectation? Know. You're looking at two years? Uh, maybe. I mean, I'd like to give it further because that $85 million buyout does not. I mean, I don't even know what they they kind of put themselves. I'm not restructuring the that there. if I'm the coach. I'm like, no, I'm absolutely dang, not. Yeah. <laughs> Touch me. <laughs> I'm not restructuring that. But, but go ahead. Texas A&M hasn't scored more than 24 points against an FBS opponent this season. That's how bad um, their offense has been. Um, <laughs> also, I mean, just because nothing can go right for them, by the way, they've been having since 2012 their, their uh, walk up music was uh, Kanye West so they had to get rid of that too this past week there's nothing going right uh for for Texas A&M yeah it's just uh, such a huge buyout but uh, but I I still think I mean if, if, if in Auburn and Nebraska actually have been historically the buyout kings they've had to sell you know pay the most buyout Texas A&M as 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 unthinkable as it may be they they expect winners there and they're not getting it right they're now. not getting it and um Justin on the text line says all they need to do is catch Jimbo Fisher doing something illegal so that they um, have cause to fire <laughs> in the clause. Set him up. It's a conspiracy. Um, we also threw out on the text line whether or not uh, there are some others that would be on the hot seat in the Big Ten. UNL student Cole threw it out there, and I think, You've got you've got good right to throw out. Now I don't know about the Pat Fitzgerald one. He threw out Pat Fitzgerald. I don't. You know, listen, I uh, Pat Fitzgerald. There's the expectation at Northwestern. I don't think is as high in his ability to win, 
and 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 you know kind of he's won a couple of championships there he's kind of on a two-year cycle in and out but he has been down the last few years so it's it's just tough because you you look at Fitzgerald you've got huge restrictions in the recruiting aspect you probably don't have as big as NIL money then your facilities are not even up to par to those and then you're you're you you have uh um you know, having certain grade parameters that you have to deal with, entry level parameters that you have to deal with, it makes it difficult. So I, I feel bad for Pastor Fitzgerald. That's why I think he should make a move. I don't know where that move would be for him. I think he should be looking for an exit strategy if I was him to get to some NIL money because I think he's a good coach and he's a good. He's one of those coaches that can find a program and can train up the guys, get the most out of yeah. those twos and three star guys. He's one of those type of coaches. Kurt Ferentz, though. I think that's a good one. You know, UNL Cole threw that out there. Corey and Lincoln, hashtag frame Jimbo. I love it. <laughs> you got yeah. to love it. But Kurt Ferentz, you know, he's definitely one that I would throw in the hot seat, no question. Well, and it's interesting because Brian Ferentz's son, he just will not relinquish play calling duties. He will not take them away from his son. Uh, and for what it's worth, I mean, Kirk, Kirk Ferentz's team have, have always been. Yeah, there's no you know way. At this point, he's he's almost got to let go of his son. I mean, yeah. because that defense, I I feel bad for him. Like I they're they're historic. They they yeah. score almost every week on their own, and they and between the defensive special teams, I believe they've scored more than the offense the this frustration. year. It's just amazing how bad it's been. Iowa won't. Also, it, it's hard to say this because Kirk Ferentz is the longest tenured coach in college football right now so it's like are you gonna do that to your to kind of your legend you know i know hayden fry is the legend there but uh kirk ferentz certainly has as as a name that he's built up there but he's not adjusting to college football as it changes he needed to go out to the portal and get a quarterback everybody yeah. could see that he didn't do it he's not you know he's not what doesn't like the way that the college football world's turning the nil and portal a lot of people don't like the way but you've got to adjust to it and, uh, you know, I would just it, refuse to do it. So I don't know. I don't know. And, and then there's the whole, you know, issue that they've kind of had over the last several years uh, regarding, uh, you know, kind of racial tensions. So uh, I don't I, I could definitely see eventually kind of a mutual parting there. Um, if I mean, I'd almost just I, you'd almost have to just go up to Kirk and say, hey, it's either Brian or we got to let you guys go. all go. You got to get a new OC. Yeah. Maybe Brian could be an analyst or something. But. We you got to change something. Yeah, you got to make a move there, and it's it's very unfortunate. Um, listen, we've got to take a break. Unfortunately, we we could have delved into that one and went real deep into other uh, coaching staffs, but we got to take a little break right now on the block. Ninety three seven, the ticket, the ticketfm dot com. E Strick and Bach are here today, two to four every day. You can find us. Sutter Hammond text line's always open. Hit us on the hotline as well, 402-464-5685. We'd love to hear from you. love to talk about it. We're going to come back, and we'll talk a little bit more about maybe the Bills. No, maybe Dable. Dable, <laughs> the Giants. The Giants. We'll be right back after this on the block.